I have a fond, fond memory of this little church. You, you all know that. And I have some memories that I'd like to get rid of, but I can't. One night, sitting up here on the roof, and I couldn't get down. It was, there was a gap up there. It wasn't like it is now. There was a big gap, and I had to get from one side to the other. And I was hanging on to the side, and I was scared to death. And Leon says, come on, you gotta, you got to go. you got to come down. you got to come down. I said, I can't move. I can't move. And he says, come on, Barb. And I moved. I shut my eyes, and I moved, and I jumped over to the other side. And I came down. And little things like that every once in a while I remember. But the most that I remember was the starting of this little church. It was a pile of rubble out back. And we couldn't get the conference to give us an okay. They just wouldn't, they, there weren't enough people here in Belleville to carry the load of a church. So there were two people in the conference that stood up and pleaded to allow us, this little group that was here, to go ahead. And it was Brother Matthews and his family and our family. That was about all. And they said, there's not enough people here. It'll fall on its face, and we'll never make it through. And Dan Skortz, I don't know how many of you have ever heard of Dan Skortz, but he was a wonderful person that was in the conference, and he said, Please, let them go ahead. Because Leon has already said, if we don't get permission, we're going to build anyway. That was Leon. And I'm telling you, he meant it. And he worked hard. He came here from school every day, every day. In the morning, he'd come early. In the afternoon, when school was out, he came to work. And the Lord helped us to build this church. And it's a blessing, isn't it? And it's wonderful to see so many people here today. I can't remember when I, I saw this many people at church here. So you have a lot of new faces, and praise the Lord, this is why it was built. So come and do your part, because you don't know what the Lord really wants of you. 
and you never know what he's going to ask you to do. Believe me, I, I, I've had some times when I've had to do some things that I thought, oh, Lord, I can't do that. I can't get up and talk to people without notes and do these things. But you know what? The Lord will help you through anything. Do you believe it? Now, I'd like to ask you a question. How many of you have been long-time members? Oh, a few. How many have you, are you new members? Uh-huh. More, more than old ones. That's good. And keep the growth going, because this is what God wants us to do. You know, everyone that is called of God has a purpose. And every one of you needs to touch somebody else's life. If you don't, if you aren't touching someone, somewhere, for some reason, you must listen to God's voice. You must reach out to others and tell them how you love the Lord. If you can't do that, you really don't love the Lord. If you feel, oh, I can't do that, I can't do this, yes, you can. God can help you do anything. Believe me. And I am so happy to see so many faces here today. A lot of you I have never seen before. And quite a few of you are wonderful faces to look upon because I have seen you in the past and I do love you. And you say, oh, that's just a saying. You don't really love people. Oh, yes, you can. When you go through things together and that you see what's happened and how you can build a church together with hardly anything. And do you know that God helped us to build this church in three years and we had it paid for? Wayne, you weren't here yet. I don't remember who the treasure was then, but it was God's doing. And don't tell me that things don't happen when you really give your heart to the Lord and say, use me, Lord. Whatever happens, help me to step out in faith and do what I need to do. And you know, some times we're called to do things that we don't want to do. Did you ever get that feeling? I'm sure that everybody has faced some of these moments. But you have to say, Lord, just give me the moment, the time that you want and what you want done. Because you don't know what 
you might be called upon tomorrow and you don't know whether you will live past tomorrow, right? Nobody really knows how soon. But you know, when you get up in your 90s, which I am, you look at things a little bit differently. Believe me, you do. Because you know, no matter what happens in your life, you don't have much time left. So, it is so precious to be friendly to everybody, to love everybody, to go to the Lord in prayer. You know, lots of people will offend each other, and you will get to the point where you don't really want to be near that person at all. I've heard people say to me, I don't like her and I'm not going to sit near her. Things like that. I pray that each one of us will have a desire in our life to really represent Jesus. That's what Christianity is all about. If you don't want to be like Jesus and you're just putting on a front of living, and coming to church and going home and grumbling about everything that happens in church or grumbling about your neighbors or who sat next to you or whatever. All these little things, these are natural feelings about that flow up, come up inside of us. And you know what I'm talking about. We all have these feelings. But can we pray to the Lord and say, Oh, Father, please help me to represent Christ because I have taken on his name. And we, when we take on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, if we become anything else, if we're not honest in our dealings, if we're not appreciative of what he's done for us, and he has truly done something for you, or you wouldn't be here, you just think back what you could be doing. I know in my life, I drank by the time I was out of high school. And I didn't really know any better because everybody drank in our family. But I was just one of those persons that couldn't handle their alcohol like some people think they can. But believe me, you cannot handle it. There comes a time when you just lose it. And you think you can do things, but God has a way for you to reach out to other people to help them. And what you have gone through in the past, 
this every step of the way, even building this church, has really helped Leon and I all through our own life, our own buildings, and the things that he did. Do you know that he moved seven buildings? The first one was here in Belleville. God has given us <clears throat> the given Leon the ability to see and to do. And we grow spiritually. We grow when we give to others. But it's a day by day, every day that you live. Love somebody. Even somebody that you don't have any feelings for at all. Ask the Lord to help you appreciate that person, to love that person, and then we're learning to grow. Just like a plant grows. You know, we can stick a plant in the ground. Well, you can't stick us in the ground. That's when we're finished. <laughs> and by the time that comes, we're a sorry mess. But it's now, when we're alive and living, we need to do the best we can to share with everybody that we come in contact with. Because we don't know how long. We could go out here today and have an accident and be killed. I mean, life is so fragile. But the Lord can help us and we can grow, and we can have friends, and we can love them, truly love them, and open up our arms and say, come and be with me. Do you feel like that about anybody? Think about it. Is there somebody that you can say, I really love them? If there isn't, our Christianity, those that want to say really and truly that they are Christians, and I don't care what denomination, if you are not being really and truly like Christ, you're going the wrong way. For whatever reason you do things, if it isn't because you love the Lord. Think about your life and what you're doing for others and how you can come in contact with new people. Don't be afraid to go out and reach others. Even if you don't like it, this, this situation of the what's in the world today, that's not the way it's supposed to be, but it's in prophecy. And as Adventists, you know that we know the prophecies, but we're not living like we should. You know it as well as I know. I know I could do better. 
than I'm doing. And at my age, I know I don't have much time left, one way or another. But thank God that I have experienced a little bit of the mission field, a little bit of life here and there. Growing up in the hills of Pennsylvania, I was a little rascal. You know, but hey, I was the baby in the family, and they spoiled me. And they admitted they spoiled me. But then when I got into my teens, I wasn't spoiled anymore. I wanted to be first in everything. And isn't that the way we get sometimes? And you know, when you look back over your life, I was brought up in the Lutheran Church, and I went to Sunday school every, every Sunday because the little church was right on the end of our farm, up the hill. And we were so poor <clears throat> that I had to carry my shoes up the hill until I got inside of the church and then I was allowed to put them on so, that when, so I wouldn't wear them out too fast. This is the background that I came from. And I am so thankful that my parents were like they were. They were very thrifty. Um, my daddy was from Mennonite's background and my mother was a brethren. And very religious, very religious, but we weren't religious. My family drank, my mother didn't, never touched a thing. Wouldn't have it in the house if it had forbidden Papa. And he wanted just a little nip at night. And mother used to say, Dan, do you really need that? Well, Papa would say, the doctor told me it's not going to hurt me. And mother said, it's not going to do you any good either. Well, all of these little things as I grew up, I was watching and looking. And don't think that your children aren't watching you because it's normal. We are looking constantly at each other and trying to find something that I, I used to think Shirley Temple was wonderful. And I, that's what we do. The people that we see and the people that we like, we want to be like them. But you know what? God wants us to be our self. And he wants us to grow to be like him. And that's why he chose men. And that's what I want to talk to you about, talk to you about the men that he chose. What were they? Mostly fishermen, right? Weren't they? What were they? 
right. <laughs> okay. But there was one bad egg, right? So we, we can't look at, at the bad egg. We have to look and keep our eyes on the leader that has chosen us. And you wouldn't be here if you were not a Christian. Because in Christ, he is the only one that we can follow. No man, no woman, we must keep our eyes on the Lord to have that deep interrelationship with the Lord. And we can't have it by just coming to church one day a week. We need to open our Bibles every day and study. Ask the Lord what to give you, what text, what to study, what you need for today, just for today. And believe me, if you're really sincere, the Lord will help you. I have had it in my life. Leon and I, when we were in the mission field and all through our life, we have had so many prayers answered. It's been really, our life has been a miracle together. And it was hard to see him grow old and get weaker and pass away. It was really tough. And I know that some of you have done the same thing. But we had a relationship that God wants us to have only could we have it through the Lord? And if you're having any problems, that you're having difficulty with your spouse, with your children, or whatever, take it to the Lord. You don't have to go to a counselor. I know that's bad advice in the eyes of lots of people. If you really want to know, get on your knees, and the Lord will explain to you, either in his word or he'll bring a neighbor in. <clears throat> he'll bring somebody to you that you need that will help you. Do you believe that? Yes. If we get um, to the point where we think, ah, I don't, I, I don't want to go to church anymore. This happens to some young people, especially today. But even some older people I have seen, they get their feelings hurt in church or with a group that they're working with, and bingo, they get their feelings hurt, and I'm not going anymore. I'm talking to you today, an old woman, 
that has gone through many situations, don't let any of these things bother you. So somebody says something about you. So what? God loves you, and he has a real mission for every one of us in life. It may not be what you want it to be, but if you really pray about it, God will give you your mission. Sometimes it's a very small little thing that God expects you to do. But the greatest of all is to open your heart to the Lord and to ask the Lord to go to somebody that needs his love. But you have to experience that love with Christ before you can change to give any of that love to somebody else. We can't do it on our own. We re Some people you just can't love on your own. I'm just telling you straight, I'll never be back here again. I'm sure of that. And I'm just telling you some things that I've gone through and I've experienced and I'm sharing with you today. I'm just sharing with you what's happened. But I'm happy and I have people I love all around me but I have a whole big field where I'm living and they're all elderly people just like me. And you know, some of them are very difficult and very hard to love. And <laughs> I have heard a few people saying bad things about each other. And I just think, well, Lord, just say a little prayer for him. Help me, Lord, to understand. That's all you have to do. Help me to accept them as they are. And help them to realize that they have a little problem. You can't change anybody but you sure can love them regardless. This is what's important. And I don't mean a false love, that, but a deep, caring love, whether they're going to make it to heaven or not. If you can put yourself into this situation, God will use you in miraculous ways. And someday, you can look up and say, Lord, I thank you, thank you, thank you for helping me through this situation and help me to be a, be a blessing. Now I wish I had a drink of water. <laughs> anyway, I don't want to run over time. Um, I don't know how long I've talked, but 
I am so happy to be back here. I see a lot of changes. No, I can only drink my I I can only drink my water. <laughs> I got some back there. <laughs> Otherwise I have problems. <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, I want to ask you this question. Are you happy? Are you sure you're happy? Would you make up your mind right now that you're going to help somebody else be happy? Now don't say it lightly. Don't say yes and shake your head lightly. I want a promise from you. Okay? If we can earnestly love others the way we love ourselves, isn't that what the Bible tells us to do? Do you think it's hard to do? If you have the love of Christ in your heart, he can help you to love. And you know the things that happen in our life then we can have, we can do the job that the Lord wants us to do. And I have discovered my job in life is to listen when people have problems. I'm a sounding board for many. Even for some of you, I have had, a, had phone calls from different ones saying, can I talk to you? I said, sure. Talk away. I'm listening. Not very long ago, I had a lady phone me, and she said, I I've had a bad experience. Can I talk to you about it? I said, sure. It doesn't hurt you at all to take some time out just to listen when people need you. Believe me. Don't get don't get upset with others. Praise the Lord. Just be willing to do God's will. And He will use you like you have never been used before. Lovingly now, mind you, it might hurt you a little bit, and you might have to get on your knees and cry a little bit because you've been nasty to somebody. But if we're going to grow in Christ, we need to look ourselves in the face and know really and truly whether we are in God's will day by day or whether we're slipping and not growing. Because if we're not growing, we're dying more ways than one. Literally, yes, we're all dying. But I think you know what I mean. 
It takes a little effort on your part to really love each other. And that's why in the Bible that it talks so much about love. But it's a kind of love where it's not artificial. God will just help you to love people. And then you're fulfilling your Christian ability to reach out to others like Christ did. Now, if you really study the disciples and what they went through and how the Lord taught them, especially Peter, and there's a lot of us like Peter. We think we know it all. But, you know, sometimes the Lord has to give us a message that, hey, you're not what you think you are. You need to ask the Lord to show you how I can grow in him and how I can reach out to others honestly, sincerely, that you can put your arm around somebody and really mean it in, instead of pretending. Don't be a pretender. Know in your heart that you can love people and really, really care for people. Otherwise, you're not going to make it to heaven if you don't look your face in the mirror and say, Lord, please show me how I can become like Christ. Help me. And he's going to put you through some rough times. But hey, that's what life's all about. If we don't allow the Lord to do what he wants us to do, if we start thinking, I'll do it my way, you're off track. You're just plain off track. And if you don't listen to the Lord when he wants to talk to you, you miss such a blessing. Because there's nothing like the blessing that the Lord can give you when you live like he wants you to live. Can you say amen? amen. And we need to reach out to the unlovely. What do I mean by unlovely? People that reject us coldly. We still need to reach out to them until you know that you've done your best and there's nothing more you can do. And I know you've all experienced this. And I know through life, I'm, I'm heading toward 100 instead of... <laughs> I said goodbye to the 80s. 
time just keeps on a rolling. And if you don't reach out and love people and truly mean it and ask God to help you to truly love and not turn around five minutes later and say, you know how it goes? You know what I'm talking about. I'm not fussing at you. I'm just telling you how it is. And we need to really study the word of God and what he wants us to do. Not what we want and what we think we ought to do. We need to really pray about it. And that's the only way that any of us will be fit for the Lord to use. Because our human nature, we're selfish. Who can say they're not selfish? Anybody? Anybody wants to put up their hand they're not selfish? At times we are all selfish. But when we catch ourselves doing that kind of thing, just stop and say, Lord, help me. I see myself for what I am. So help me, Lord, to grow in thy grace and to become what you want me to be. And that I might help wherever, whoever, whatever you ask me to do. Do you think that the world would be a better place if we all practiced that? Do you think you would have much greater peace in your family? Do you think that we would have um, be able to reach out to others that the Lord could help you? Yes. So I didn't really want to preach to you on this, but I said, Lord, I'm not going to plan what I'm going to say. And I have no notes. Whatever you give me to say, Lord, help me to say it. I love this little church, and I've gone through some rough times. I'll tell you about one time. Leon was always trying to have workers here for the two men that were doing all the masonry work. And one morning he got a phone call. I need workers. The De Young brothers were doing all the work. 
and Leon had to go to school. He, had, he was a teacher and he had, he had to be there. So he tried and tried and tried and, and um, I had hurt my back and I really wasn't capable of coming to help. And he tried and tried and he even phoned the government here office and to see if there was anybody he could get and he said, I've got to go to school. I, I can't let the church interfere with my, I'm a teacher, and i got to do what I'm being paid to do, and I can't work at the church when I'm needed at the school. I said, okay, I'll go. Well, he left. He said, what do you think you're going to do, the condition you're in? I said, the Lord will help me. Oh, he looked at me and he said, yeah. I said, well, just let me go. I can carry a half of a bucket of cement. Doesn't have to be a full little bucket of cement. And that's what I did. I got two little buckets and I kept those masonry, mason those two mason guys going with my little buckets of mud up to them. I mixed it out here in the machine and I wheeled it down around the back here and I went up the ladder part way and they'd come and meet me and get that little mud. I could, we couldn't, lots of times we couldn't get anybody to help. Leon would try to get the young fellas from the uh, through the government to get uh, to get somebody to be here just as a laborer, and he couldn't do it. They just didn't want to do that menial task. They wanted better jobs and better pay and everything. It's so much better when you do things for nothing because you want to do it and you want to see a church here, and the Lord did it. And he kept me going until one day I was taking the uh, cement down around the back here and putting it in the tub. And me and the uh, machine I was pushing, we both went down in the pot and my eye, my face hit the cement, my knees were a mess. And when I stood up, both of the men were looking and laughing really hard. And I must have been an awful looking thing. And they came laughing and tried to help me um, take the mud, the, the um, yeah, we called it mud. It's cement mix. Anyway, and then he said, I think we need to, John, the older one, was the one that gave all the uh, orders when we stopped and so on. And he says, <clears throat> it's time for lunch. We need to quit. And I thought, oh, Lord. I can't go on. I don't have the strength to do it. 
And I knew that they laughed at me. And you know, when people laugh at you, sometimes it's hard to take. Hey, they went their way and had their lunch, and I sat there feeling sorry for myself. And I sat there crying, and I had my blessing. And I looked up, and it was a real October day, cold. And I looked up out that way. I don't know whether it's east. I think that's east. Anyway, I saw a picture of the Lord in the sky. Now, you might laugh and say I was hallucinating. But it was like Jesus looked down and he smiled. And I will never forget it. And I felt strength go through me like I had never felt it in my life. And I helped until this church was nearly finished. I was able to do things that I never dreamed I could do. And this little church stands here in a community that each one of you need to step out and do your part and bring somebody in. Because if you really believe that you are a chosen generation, a chosen people, and that you especially are chosen of God, and you are, or you wouldn't be here today. Now, I want you to think about that. Because God has a calling for every one of us, and we don't know who is going to die and we could have spoken some kind word to them. Right? Nobody knows. And we have passed up wonderful chances to do what's right. And we haven't done it. But thank God that he has helped this little church to be put here in the Belleville area. And it's getting a little fuller, but it needs to be much better than what it is. It needs to be overflowing because time is short. It really is. Not just for me because I'm getting old and I know I can't live too much longer I'm the last one of 11 kids, and we all had pretty long lives, but we never know that accident and when it might happen. So when the Lord asks you to go speak a sweet word to somebody, will you promise me that you won't say no to yourself or to God. 
okay. Remember, don't take it lightly. Please, I'm asking you to make a decision in your heart today to touch somebody's life. Will you do that? Will you stand with me in prayer? Holy Father, we thank you. We thank you that we're still alive. But Father, we ask you to give us a burden for souls, a burden to tell somebody about you and that you can truly say that you love them without putting on a front. Help us, Father, that we might truly reach out and love others. We are so lax, and I'm not talking about the kind of love that is selfish and that it doesn't matter. Father, give us a deep love that you had when you were here on this earth walking with your disciples. Lord, I ask this morning that each one of us might decide in our heart between you and me or between each one of us that you will help us to truly be a disciple of yours. In Jesus' name, amen.